Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Is This Real Life? A podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of pop culture and reality TV to our own lives. This is your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Kathleen Callagy who I have met through Death Club. (laughs) Um, Kathleen and I are part of an organization called The Dinner Party, which is for people in their 20s and 30s who've experienced significant loss. Um, Both of us have lost our mothers, and we became friends over it. (laughs) Honestly, it's the best way. It's the best way. There's no better way to bond. (laughs) So uh, we joke and call it Death Club, but uh, we meet like once a month and have dinner and with our group, and it is really nice and a wonderful experience. Tonight, I decided to induct her into the (laughs) Vanderpump Rules. Tell me a little bit about your background, Kathleen. So do you have a background in psychology? Because you seem (laughs) to have a lot of interesting insights. Hello, first of all. Um, (laughs) I I have no background in psychology, um, just a lot of therapy and therapists in my family. (laughs) Um, And I I have some background in psychology in the sense that um, I studied like conflict resolution and trauma to some extent, like as part of my interests in like international relations. So I just think it's fascinating the way that people interact. And so I used to think of reality TV as something that was kind of like brain candy or brain rot depending on yeah. <laughs> depending on what you're like consuming so but much more it is so, so much, much more. more it's true um when you're watching it as as theater instead as a way to like kind of reflect how we all act through this like concentrated lens Mm -hmm. it's fascinating it is and that's what I'm trying to get people to understand (laughs) so there are some of my listeners who are avid reality tv connoisseurs like myself and there's other people who I'm trying to get interested in it in the psychology of reality tv and why people act the way they do and if we see any of our own stories kind of mirrored Mm -hmm. in what we see on television so why don't you get your thoughts on Vanderpump <laughs> Rules? Obviously, there is a lot to cover in this week's episode, but thought we would start by the obvious, <laughs> Reiki Breaky Heart. Uh, <laughs> it's a fantastic. They, 
so yeah, Jax uh, has obviously been in this relationship for a couple years with Brittany, who you can tell that everyone likes. And he has cheated on her, and he's treated her poorly, and he has played mind games. And in this week's episode, you see her clinging to the relationship, defending it, only at the end for him to break up with her. Mm-hmm. Thoughts. Thoughts. I have so many thoughts. Um, actually, I think what I'll start by saying is that I misjudge Brittany. Um, I, like, in the first half of the episode, I was totally saying, okay, this is a woman who does not have confidence in herself and does mm-hmm. not respect herself enough and needs to get that kind of validation from uh, a total douche. <laughs> um, I happen to have that problem. Clinical term. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I happen to have a history of like pursuing people who are really not worth my time while, you know, sort of not seeing like the gems that are around me per se. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I feel for her in that way. But they had this interesting moment with her where she said, I hate it when people tell me that I don't value myself um, and that when they judge my relationship because they're not there all day, every day. And it's true. Like, everybody hates Jax, right? Right. But none of these people are just caricatures. They are whole, whole real people. people, right? Yeah. And so that was interesting. And I was like, okay, that's fair, Brittany. Like, I don't, you know... I, I mean, I, don't, I, yeah. I misjudged her, too, I yeah. think. And I still judge her for being with someone. Yeah. I just think I maybe misjudged why she stayed. Yeah. For me, that means you must not value yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she just has chosen to prioritize him over herself. It doesn't mean she doesn't value herself, but mm-hmm. she's prioritized that relationship. Um, and for some people, cheating is not a deal breaker. And, you know, look at Khloe Kardashian. I mean... I think, yeah, I mean, her a boyfriend cheated on her. Uh, they the Everything broke, like, two days before she gave birth to their first child. And I think she's taking him back. And I think this is a common thing where people are much more forgiving than maybe I think I would be. And perhaps I would be different if I was in this situation. But I think I know myself pretty well, and I think that I wouldn't have tolerance for it. So when I was in fifth grade, I had very, (laughs) very clear ideas about this kind of thing. I was like, all right, listen, if a dude ever cheated on me, not that I was dating at all at that point. In fifth grade, yeah. yeah, I didn't even know, boy. It would be be done. It would be over that moment. If a dude ever hit me, if ever, like, you know, that's it. It stops there. As I get older and I understand, like, how our emotions kind of come into play in these situations, um, even if – so – Hitting, yeah, definitely that would be over. Yeah, definitely. But I can, but I can now understand um, how one might want to stay in a relationship if there's been cheating, especially because honestly, like, even though I prefer monogamy, um, I'm, I, I'm tending towards the the idea that like maybe this is not a natural state, for right? Us. Yeah, and I I don't think that's the issue. I think it's when you enter into relationship and right. both people yeah. agree to monogamy, yes. and then one person <laughs> opts out without sharing it with the other partner. Yeah, that is when it gets a little complicated. Yeah, and that's and that's why Jacks like has no excuse for his behavior. Exactly. Yeah, he and it's been quite clear that he likes the ability to mess around but does not want a partner that will do that. And that's why he always goes for the most loyal women. He Mm. doesn't have girlfriends that cheat on him. They never cheat on him. He always cheats on them. Mm. And that really is like the whole like having your cake and eating it too just seems so surface level to describe the depth of absolute like how he does not care. Truly, I feel like he doesn't know how to love deeply. 
Um, and I, I'm hoping that he's learning this because mm-hmm. him and Brittany are still together. They've weathered Not- whatever storm has come. And his father has passed away and oh. passed away right around Christmas. And I thought that that might, and we don't get to see it because the show was taped in the summer. But I have seen him on Instagram since and things like that. And I'm hoping that he has is using this as a growing opportunity to like expand the depth of emotion that he's allowing himself to feel. Wait, so you're telling me that like they're together they're in real still life. together. Yes. Really? Okay. That is interesting. Um yeah. Cuz I so I one one thing that I didn't also didn't expect to say in this episode is that I think this may be the first time that Jack's actually did the right thing, so to right. speak. Um He did. I think yeah. so. Yeah. I know everyone's going to give him crap for it, but, you know, better late than never and better before it gets to the point of marriage and children and things like that. But I've always wondered, you know, if this happened in like August, for Mm -hmm. example, and they broke up, his dad was became terminally ill. Mm. And I'm wondering if when that happened, he really needed someone and she was there because he's made it very clear that she has been there for him and for his family. Mm -hmm. And that seems like something that really, that loyalty that really matters to him. And they seem to be doing much better now. Obviously don't know anything about their real lives other than that I see on Instagram. But it does seem in interviews and things like that that he keeps saying how helpful she has been. Now, I don't know if that is, uh, you know, ingredients for a successful relationship. (laughs) But I know that when you're bonded by grief, that can be um, very powerful. That's true. And I would, I mean... I don't know much about Britney's sort of background and history in this relationship, but I can understand that there is a very, very powerful pull um, to be with and stay with somebody that you've gone through a lot of crap with. Yes. Um, so in that sense, like, I I understand her, her desire to stay with him. Mm-hmm. Um, probably less so after seeing yeah, more of his behavior. I but. just, I don't know. And he, I hate to say this in recording, <laughs> But I really feel like he was on drugs, like cocaine, uh, mm-hmm. when he was at Sir and shouting at everyone and his eyes were bulging out of his skull. I mean, it was that is not normal behavior. And um, I, I felt very strongly that there was something going on. I don't know if it's Adderall. I don't know if it's cocaine. But he does not have it together. And I, I find that dangerous. And I think they all, you know, dabble and abuse some drugs. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping... Uh, they would know when to cut it off. And I feel like he's someone who doesn't know when. Or just, like, is doesn't in... Doesn't care. Yeah, doesn't care or, like, is in a situation where, like, I don't know, all of us have our addictions, right? Right. And there are days when we can be like, Mine okay. is Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> <laughs> are no, there it, days where you can't set aside Vanderpump Rules? Yes, okay. every Monday. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I know yeah. what you mean. There's, yeah. you know, people have, like, food addictions, people right. have exercise addictions, people have alcohol and drug addictions, and people can be addicted to other people, mm-hmm. you know? But it just, it, it, he'll, he's 38, yeah. get your, get your act together. Not <laughs> like there's, like, a year or age that is appropriate to behave this way, but I would say it's, like, 20. Yeah, no, age his, 20. His, his behavior was definitely like early 20s, like 23, 25 college. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Um, Do you remember dating guys who were like 23 when you were 19 and thinking that they were so old and mature? No. (laughs) (laughs) I never thought dudes were more mature. (laughs) (laughs) When I was an undergrad, I dated a guy who was in law school and like, I just thought he was so smart and worldly. Yeah. It's funny how like perspectives change and and now that I'm older and watching this behavior and it's Mm -hmm. just like, I would have never stood for this behavior even at any age. I, I just don't have tolerance for disrespectful tones. No. Um, towards anyone. I don't like to have friends that are disrespectful in how they mm-hmm. speak, and I certainly don't want to date people who, who speak that way. And speaking of disrespectful tones, um, Stasi's boyfriend, Patrick. Oh, my God. What yeah. punch him in his perfect face. Like, it's not perfect. I think he's, like, disgusting looking. Well, he has, like, kind of like a the Abercrombie men's catalog oh, look, and he I, seems to cultivate it on purpose. I don't like whatever that look is. <laughs> No, I'm so, I'm not saying no, perfect no, no, is no, a compliment. No. I mean, yeah, like, it's, like yeah, his facial, yeah, something's off with him in general. But he is a mansplainer. I mean, she hit the nail on the head. He says things, and the the worst part about a mansplainer is like if they're a bad mansplainer, if they're explaining something that isn't true or is incorrect, <laughs> is even more annoying than if they're telling you something you already know. He was giving analogies that made no sense. You're turning everything into a battle when it's just a war. <laughs> no, dude, it's the other you, way you around. Mean, and she actually is like, you mean, you mean this? You mean like you mean it's a, war it's a war when it's just a battle? And he's like, don't correct me. Don't mess with my analogies. <laughs> you know, I think I think what annoys me more than like what he actually says is in his like manner towards her yeah he kept doing this head tilt where he was like like looking down looking down on her literally like sitting there on the counter just like judging her like trying to get her to say well okay maybe I'm not great at this or and like this is a woman who you know I imagine probably isn't used to saying like great things about herself I mean like no woman woman like in this day age unfortunately is really raised that way yeah but she's like you know I'm pretty good at this thing and he's like are you? Are you <laughs> like, really? Are, are you really good at event planning? Or do you just like to make things look pretty? <laughs> he was so dismissive of her. And the thing that I really, I mean, he talked about how they need to have consistency in their relationship, which, okay, if there's too many ups and downs, maybe it's not meant to be. But what I really didn't appreciate was when he had called for her to have more consistency and then pointed out what she was eating. Eating. As if, is so wrong. And like, called her out for not eating the day before. And yes, it's not healthy. And she has many unhealthy relationships with food. She talks about how she'll like only eat one meal a day and stuff like that. And then when she does eat, she'll like not binge, but you know, she'll eat pizza and ranch and whatever. And then she'll go a while without eating. And <laughs> it's not healthy, but it's not really for him. But he's not coming at it from a place of love. And he's certainly not an expert in what's healthy, mm-hmm. so he probably shouldn't be the one talking to her about that. He shouldn't be. He shouldn't be. It's just my opinion. He shouldn't be. <laughs> I just was so. And, and then when he was like, "What are you going to eat? Macaroni with sriracha and whatever?" And she's like, "I haven't put the sriracha on and yet." <laughs> Cholula. He was like the Cholula. Oh Cholula yeah, the yet. Cholula. And yeah, that was that was oh, amazing. Um, she yeah. 
I I love Stasi. I appreciate <laughs> her honesty. Mm-hmm. I think she's the character that I've seen change the most mm-hmm. since the beginning. And I like seeing that evolution of her where she's able to be bitchy, but yet vulnerable, mm-hmm. but funny. Um, all of the really wonderful things about her. And she is very funny. And I find people who are funny to usually be quite smart. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to be funny and dumb. <laughs> unless people are just laughing at you. I, I think it's I think it's um possible and I know this because it happens to me. I mean, I am quite smart, <laughs> but at the same time like many of the things that my that my friends find endearing about me are like the things that I don't mean to say or do <laughs> and they are definitely laughing with me because it's like sweet and endearing. Like I think it's possible to be funny like Tom Schwartz like, yes there you exactly. go exactly <laughs> he's not really trying to be funny but he is he quite funny is. he yeah. just is so speaking of Tom Schwartz mm-hmm. I am loving seeing his relationship with Katie mm-hmm. and his marriage do well yeah and I'm not just saying that because I met them on February 5th you know <gasps> oh, no big did deal. you yeah really? I was at watch what happens live uh the show that Andy Cohn hosts on Bravo oh, every yeah, night yeah, 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 yeah. in New York and uh he came out to to meet us and that was really nice and we're both from Minnesota so <laughs> yeah shout out Tom Schwartz but I absolutely loved watching Katie in this episode and having her Business do well. She had this website, Pucker and Pout. It was a blog. And now they're launching a lipstick line. And it looks like it's becoming a big thing. And her mom and her grandma were there. And her and her husband are talking about having kids eventually. And and then she opened up about how she had depression, which was a result of PTSD, which mm-hmm. she developed after falling through a skylight and having a very, very serious, like, life-threatening injury. Mm-hmm. And that is something that, you know, I think a lot of people relate to. Yeah, I, I mean, I really give a shout out, um, not, I mean, definitely to Katie for her bravery in talking about that or just be, even being willing to say it on camera, but also to the producers for showing yes. it because it's it's rare still, unfortunately, for people to talk very openly about mental illness. Like, there is less of a stigma now than there used to be, but, you know, definitely at certain levels, it's still very much there. Um, You know, depression and PTSD is something that, um, depression definitely, but depression is like something that everybody at some point in their life goes through, experiences, right? It's something that people, um, some people live with their entire lives, depending on like, you know, brain chemistry and other things. And PTSD, I mean, yeah, that's going to be attached to any traumatic event. So it was really good to hear her connect that to her previous behavior and like see how it affected her. Um, I've had like similar moments in the past of just being like, oh, like this is what happened. Yeah. Um, She was angry with herself is what she said. And she was mad at herself for how she was feeling and that she also took it out on Tom Schwartz, Mm -hmm. who she said was feeling, you know, he was kind of happy-go-lucky and she was angry that she used to feel that way and wasn't feeling that way anymore. And I've never related to anything more, being like angry at yourself for not being the way you used to be. <laughs> it is really frustrating because you yeah. get to know yourself yeah. and you think that you're a certain way and then you go through a very traumatic experience like the loss of a parent right. um, or your house burning down within two weeks of each other. <laughs> no big deal. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> and you realize that you're like pushed to your limits and you may think you're okay and then maybe a year and a half later you aren't okay. And and it's scary to to see yourself change so drastically. Yeah. 
And then, but then also be able to kind of come full circle. Yeah, It was so cool to see her just be like, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy. happy that I made it, you know. And that I feel, like she was just saying, I feel like myself. She again. just kept saying yeah. that I feel like myself, finally. It was such a wonderful moment and such a touching moment for the two of them doing their wedding dance in the <laughs> kitchen. It's very, cute. very yeah. cute. And I never thought I would say this because last year I was not about that relationship. I did not think that they should get married. They had too many problems. They were yelling at each other all the time. They seemed to be doing much better and really props to them. Yeah. So you enjoyed watching Lisa Vanderpump, (laughs) which, you know, as you know, I traveled to Ardmore, Pennsylvania, a suburb outside Philadelphia. That is exactly where I grew up, like one town over. No way, where you grew up in Haverford? No, I grew up, okay, so I grew up in Swarthmore, which is... Yeah, um, yeah, where the college is. Right, so it's not right on the main line, but it's quite close. I mean, I don't even know what the main line is, but I saw the signs. (laughs) It's it's Lancaster Avenue. It's that whole, like, strip where Haverford and I drove on Lancaster Avenue. I drove on, like, every damn street in Philadelphia trying to find this woman who, you know, didn't realize there'd be 3,500 other people searching for her at the exact same location. <laughs> Joke's on me. Oh, um, but you you were impressed with her. Tell me your thoughts. I just thought, I don't know if impressed is the right word. Um, I have a great love of just like sass and attitude in, in a sense that like, I don't know, she, I just think it's funny and fascinating that she has set herself up to be like queen bee yes. of this, of this very, like, of this family of people that she's, of like, in, not misfits exactly, but like, you know, not purposely put together people that she's decided to mentor mm-hmm. in a way. And like, I mean, I've only seen her like once in a couple episodes, but it, it almost makes you wonder like, you know, we see her in this episode being um, a mentor to Brittany and a mentor to Ariana. Yes. And in both cases being like, you need to not put up with this bullshit from your man. I just think that that's funny. Um, I, I have no idea, like, what kind of a character she is, but it's just... She's about yeah. elegance yeah. and pink and dogs. She relates better. She relates better to animals than she does to most humans. Um, but she really does seem to like these there's a group of friends, and she seems to feel this sort of motherly kind of instinct towards them, but at the same time is tough on them mm-hmm. in a way that I appreciate. She holds them accountable when no one else seems to, when their friends don't, when their spouses don't, when their, you know, other people don't. And I, I appreciate it. Is Lisa Vanderpump ever wrong? Um, I <laughs> In think this show? So, no. Okay. And I think it's edited that okay. way. There's a couple times I think she's been a little off, but mm-hmm. not much. Yeah. Uh, and I, she is an executive producer, so she does get to make herself <laughs> look quite good. But, and if yeah. you watch Real Houses of Beverly Hills, she doesn't always come across. Um, she sometimes can be a little colder. Right. Um, and not as warm. And so sometimes people call her out on that or on you know, being a little bit conniving and mischievous between friends. Mm -hmm. But when she's in that sort of motherly role and where she's the boss, she does quite well. Yeah. And I think she's really good in that role. I don't think being her peer would be easy. No, she does not. I think think actually that's interesting because I think it's not an accident that she has set herself up this way. Like, she seems like the kind of person um, who 
enjoys being peerless and who but thrives having, on and it. who thrives on being peerless but then also having like a tier of people below her that she gets to kind of foster yes but it's never, not that yeah. she just bosses them around she's no. really trying to cultivate them yeah as being it's human beings <laughs> like she's not but, just trying to teach them to have business skills and to be responsible but she's trying to teach them to be good partners to be good friends to be you know good people well, so that so then that's another interesting thing. We see at least three fledgling businesses among this group. Um, you have Katie's business. You have the two Toms with their bar. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Ariana, I guess, with the, her potential book, cocktail yes. book, and Lala with her like sort singing, of fledgling yeah. singing career. So I'm wondering if it's like if <laughs> Ariana Vanderpump like thinks of herself as kind of like. I think Lisa Vanderpump tries to tell them. Oh, yeah. No, I think she tries to get them to think, you know, we don't know how long this show is going to be on. And I think in the beginning, she tried to plant a seed in their their minds. This could be something for you. What do you want to make it? Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, I think they all wanted to be models and actors (laughs) and actresses and blah, 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 and screenwriters and producers. But that's not very realistic um, I don't know if all of them have that same level of talent. Uh, so I think she tried to get them to think of things that they could do and that they could get their name out there and grow from. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Tom Sandoval has a lot of different uh, hobbies, right? <laughs> He's so many hobbies. He's really into music. He's a band. He plays guitar. He sings. He shoots music videos. He plays the trumpet. He dresses people. Like, he is a costume extraordinaire. I he, love his I bow mean, ties. His I mean, ties what he wears, he has an outfit for everything. <laughs> There's so many. But at the end of the day, he is a fantastic bartender. And he comes up with really creative, interesting cocktails. Mm-hmm. And him owning a bar and using that creative flair mm-hmm. and his charm to bring people to that bar is a great, great opportunity for him. Yeah. I did... Um, feel for Ariana and how he kind of forced himself into her book idea and then they were doing it together which is a good idea to do it together they're both bartenders they fell in love while bartending and they both are great at making cocktails make a cocktail book but if he's not putting the effort in that she needs that's also frustrating yeah I also did feel for her that like it's really difficult um to be in a relationship with somebody and then feel left out of, like, a really strong chemical connection. Like, I mean, the, the two Toms are clearly, like, really well suited to each other. Like, it's yes. not a romantic relationship, but they have so much chemistry. And, you know, and she she hit it she hit it on the head when she said, like, when they get going with the shop talk, like, I just don't, I don't have a, a way It's like in. I'm not even there. Yeah. And, like, and what's, what's difficult is that I think that, you know, this – And she said it, like, this thing that was supposed to be hers that she could have because they have their thing um, is now not hers, and she's kind of in this limbo place. Um, I think they'll figure it out, though. And she's got got a lot going for her. Uh, She's quite... She's quite smart, and I think she's starting to take herself less seriously, which I appreciate, because she always seems to take herself quite seriously (laughs) in some of these things, and and I just think she just needs to loosen up and laugh a bit, and that's when I love her the most. (laughs) Kristen and <laughs> Carter. Oh, man. If you could have seen Kristen season one or two season three, <laughs> she is a different person now. She seems to be so saddled in with Carter, so comfortable with herself. I think she's just genuinely upset that she was accused of cheating because this is the first time she probably hasn't. Yeah. That's how I feel. 
Yeah, no, and I think that that's fair. It's I had I had mi- really mixed feelings about this issue because, um, you know, I think you have to take responsibility for what you've done in the past and kind of accept that it's going to color how people see you in the future. Um, but on the other hand, and and like. Tom Sandoval has every reason to feel the way that he feels in what he said to Carter about, like, look, it just doesn't look good. I don't actually know what happened, but based on my experience, she probably cheated on you. Yeah. Um, (laughs) um, I just, it's one of those things, like, I, this issue is specifically between, like, in this case, Kristen Kristen and Carter, right? Mm -hmm. But because it's a reality show and because Carter is specifically, like, asking about yeah. what what has been said, um, suddenly it becomes everybody else's issue. Mm-hmm. When you have a really close-knit group. Um, yes, and something goes like, down between two people. Exactly. It becomes everyone else's thing. It becomes everyone's thing. issues. Yes. And, like, you know, there are... There are benefits and drawbacks to that kind of that kind of closeness right mm-hmm. well it's like family stuff exactly it's family yeah um but you know i i have just found it helpful to be sort of like you know what this issue is between these two people yes um if you have two like, friends that don't yeah. like each other yeah i mean you know the, so what yeah. like they don't have to like each other they don't have to be around each other yeah. i can invite them both and they can choose who can come yeah That's and not my problem yeah a big part of that is is like <laughs> realizing what's your responsibility and what exactly isn't. um there's a moment earlier on where stasi says like I don't like Jax, but I feel like I have to invite him to this thing. Or maybe it's Katie that says it. No, Lala says, uh, because she's doing her showcase for her songs Mm -hmm. in a future episode, she says, I feel like I need to invite him as Britney's guy. Yeah, because, like, he's her man, Mm -hmm. right? And and that's, that's, like, a good way of putting it. I think also, like, everybody's opinion of Jax is another sort of, like, familial they love him though yeah like it's a a love that i feel like you have for a family member right where it's you get so angry with them and you're furious but like the love deep down never goes away yeah and they are always there for him when he needs them and he has been there for them and i think that they clearly see that there is like a glimpse of good in him and that he's always trying to be a better (laughs) version of himself and then he messes up again yeah and I think this time was really bad because he had been doing pretty well Mm. with Britney they had been pretty solid and happy and then it just fell apart and it was on him that it fell apart and and then it's like oh okay so you you tricked me into thinking you were a changed man and you're never going to be a changed man so it's like the women are even more angry at him particularly <laughs> because like they thought he was better than he was like we thought he had changed and then to do it to Brittany who's just very kind and nice to everyone and understanding and stays calm in almost every situation yeah. where I would not stay calm so here's here's a question like regarding that kind of relationship like um is it i feel like so many women find themselves in the situation of trying to better their partner or perverse version would be um stassi's relationship with her terrible boyfriend where he's like criticizing her Mm -hmm. in some and and he's like i'm just trying to improve you i mean he doesn't actually say that but like i think that's that's what he's trying to justify Mm -hmm. yeah whereas you know like i whether or not Brittany is intentionally doing it, she's sort of like, okay, I believe in who this man can be. Right. Tom, Tom Schwartz sure said, said that. I knew Katie. that it was yeah. in her. I knew she was going to yeah. be this better person, and it's great to see it come. Yeah. But I think there's a difference between someone who is suffering from PTSD and depression right. 
getting through a really tough period and someone, you know, who has is a habitual liar and cheater. Mm-hmm. I, I just think there's totally. a difference. Yeah. And yeah. my friend, and he's been on this podcast a couple of times, <laughs> Parker Schaffel, always said that the best piece of advice he got from his mom about marriage that said, um, women marry men. And this could be any partner. Yeah. Women marry men hoping to change them, and men marry women hoping they'll never change. <laughs> that the women won't change. Yes. Or that, okay. Yeah. Interesting. It's like, and he believes that, like, it's really important to think through that psychology yeah. in relationships because men love carefree, you know, whatever women, and then all of a sudden they get, you know, married, and there's a mortgage, and <laughs> you've got kids, and they yeah. have different, you know, needs, and, you yeah. know, the, the guy isn't first anymore, and... And stuff like that. And, and they are like, oh, everything changed. It was so perfect when we were just dating, you know? <laughs> and then, like, a lot of women marry men and think, like, oh, well, like, he'll stop drinking so much and he'll put me first and he'll prioritize us once we have a family and he's still going out and, you know, whatever. And so it's this whole idea, like, there has to be a middle ground and you have to be willing to change together. Yeah. Because you're going to change as individuals and you're going to change mm-hmm. as a couple, but it's just being willing to go through that together and give each other some space to grow up and talk about it and talk about it please communicate for the, for the love of god, god just please explain how you're feeling <laughs> this is my problem with every story you know like from i don't know from when i started reading to forever i was like just talk to each other i know just say it. i know and you think and a lot of things do like stassi is trying to talk to patrick up there trying to talk to each other about their relationship but he's dictating to her how their relationship should change not, as opposed to having a conversation. He's not talking to her. He's talking he's at, at her. her. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Well, she is has a new boyfriend now. Oh, good. Who <laughs> seems to be much more her speed and is just way more laid back. And I think she can be kind of high strung about stuff. And it's nice to have someone who I think is more laid back. Yeah. And, you know, not so judgmental about everything. <laughs> you know, and it, she has to let go of some of her judgment because she's very into fashion. Mm-hmm. She loves posting outfits of the day um, <laughs> every day on Snapchat, Instagram. And he is not very into fashion and apparently wears overalls everywhere. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think of myself as a fashion person, but that does hurt a little bit. <laughs> um, I absolutely love it for yeah. a fashion person to be dating someone that's into overalls yeah, and like classic. shirts with cats on them. <laughs> is 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 classic. It's it's. I I think this one's gonna last. Good. I don't know. Yeah, it'd be nice to see another happy couple. Yeah, it would you know. Be. Any uh, any parting thoughts? Yeah, so I mean, ever since we started like talking about your podcast and, you know, I became interested in in this sort of world, I was thinking about the way that I used to judge reality TV. Mm-hmm. I mean, reality TV came about when we were, I don't know, like in early high school. Yeah, school. Survivor, yeah. I think, Survivor was the first. Survivor was the first. Big thing. Um, the Real World was the one, first oh, one yeah. that I really heard about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like I, I had judged it like as kind of trash TV. And like, and in some senses, I think it is like a lot of times yeah. you're just watching really terrible people <laughs> on screen, or are they fantastic people? <laughs> exactly. Yes. Well, terrible, like in the sense that like I they're, know exactly they're sort what of like you're vapid, yes. selfish, right? But completely to, unaware. I think right. that's the key. Una- yeah, exactly. Unself-aware. Unself-aware and very self-involved. Yeah, which is self-indulgent. Self, yeah, which sounds like like opposite things, but it's not. Anyway, um, the two points I wanted to make are one. 
we have a reality TV president, so maybe we should all be watching reality TV True, right now to, to like understand. understand the psychology of it all. <laughs> um, and second is that um, so my my particular addiction um, is fantasy and sci-fi, and I am just as deeply involved in caring about. Sam and Dean Winchester from Supernatural. I have very complex feelings about both of them. <laughs> um, if you don't know it, Supernatural is kind of like the seminal show to be addicted to if you're into like fantasy and sci-fi. sci-fi. It's like takes over Tumblr. So, but from from the perspective of trying of being judgmental about the real world or real reality TV. Um, I am so invested in characters that do not exist, whereas right. these people do exist. They are edited, and they are maybe produced a little bit, but they but are actually real. real people. Right. I I used to judge reality TV, too. Like, <laughs> to a point, yeah, I wouldn't watch it. I had roommates that watched The Bachelor, uh-huh. and I was in grad school, and I didn't want to watch it, and I didn't feel like I had time for it, and I felt that it was like, honestly stupid so it wasn't I said once I graduate or once I'm like working on my thesis when I get to that point I'll like try it out (laughs) I tried it out and I loved it I loved the camaraderie that was the thing I love I love hype I've always been a fan of like hype more than the thing itself (laughs) um and I just appreciated the fact that there was this sort of bachelor nation. There's a whole group of people that are tweeting about this, that are talking about it, that are excited about it, that are going through the experience together. And so for me, watching reality TV with other people is a way to like get to know them and and to see how they react. And are they going to react the same way I do? Are they going to laugh at the same thing I think is funny? You know, and and I kind of got more and more into it. And then a few years ago, I just dove headfirst into Bravo, uh, particularly after my apartment burned down and mom died. It was like an escape for me. But at the same time, I saw so I saw Ariana talked about her father dying in in an episode around when the time when my mom died. And I felt like very like, okay, this happens to other people my age. This mm-hmm. isn't just me. And it was really nice to see. And also it's cold outside and it's winter. And I just want to be cuddled <laughs> on the couch watching something. And like this was the thing. And I felt that I knew these people. I felt like I was part of their group, you know. And it's just, it's nice. It's a nice thing to like watch a group of people, quote unquote, grow up. They were yeah. already adults. But to see them like change and morph and that they're real friends yeah. and friends in between seasons, they're not just set up to spend time together right. the way that the housewives Wives are. are. Right. It, it's something so organic about it. And that's why I love Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> and I've always been into it from day one, but I've just got like very into it in like yeah. 2016. I will say that like I have um, my sort of brand of reality TV like prior to now, prior to my induction into Mandy Slutsker's reality TV <laughs> world. Um, I like I like the top chefs. I like, um, yes. I was into top model for a while if I was going to watch any reality TV show. My God, Tyra show. Banks, just queen. She is. I mean, there, nice. there is one thing that I hate that Tyra Banks does, which is like this kind of contrived like when she talks about who's going to be eliminated and this I like know. face and voice that she makes but otherwise top model I found to be pretty satisfying to watch yeah, yeah. I just love it I don't have I'm like oh are you gonna give me a show with like a plot and an arc <laughs> and like a villain and a good guy like I don't have time for that I right. show me my friends I want to watch <laughs> my friends on tv doing crazy stuff yeah. in Mexico 
so that's kind of where I'm at with television in general. Yeah. Um, I don't, I'm less into, but I got into, I don't know if this would be considered fantasy or sci-fi, but I recently read all seven books of Harry Potter. Oh, gosh. Okay, so technically, Harry Potter is fantasy, um, okay. but it's a really good basis for sort of getting involved into that world. It's like, um, Harry Potter is like is brain candy for, for fantasy sci-fi. Like, a lot of the, the fantasy world is dominated by white old dudes with beards who write these, like, you know, like, two-inch thick books. Right. And there's, like, years in between them, and they write, like, 12 of them, and then they die right before the end of... Oh, my of, God. Like, all the, of them die. Yeah, they, all of them die. Like, I fully expect George R. R. Martin to die before he ever finishes um, the Song of Ice and Fire theories, series, which is what became Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Harry Potter, like, it's, it's another one of those things, like you said, that um, connects people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've gone to conventions that are fully, like... Um, that, you know, with like very healthy Harry Potter fandoms and, you know, there are... Are there unhealthy Harry Potter fandoms? Oh, yes. There's unhealthy every fandom. (laughs) (laughs) You should have a whole episode dedicated to like the dark side of every fandom. (laughs) Yes. I am unaware of this, but I'm sure anything could go wrong. Yeah. I guess when people become stalkers. Yeah, well, people can become stalkers um, or um, I would look up Gamergate. um, Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's anytime somebody gets like one of the the worst parts is like anytime somebody gets possessive about a fandom and is like, only these people are welcome or only these people can say things or you know doing this some something with like a particular character in a fan fiction is utterly wrong and stupid and like you know this person should be burned for doing this like like making um, to use your example like making Harry and Draco have uh, a gay relationship in a, in a fan fiction story oh I'd like be that. I'd 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 read it yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely I'll give you the resources where you can find this stuff um, but I you know personally. I have made, like we were talking about before, you you found like this community with The Bachelor. Um, I had a year where I decided to watch um, every Star Trek show, except for the original series, um, all the way through. It took a long time that I did it. But like I was doing it on my own and like everybody else had seen this stuff like years beforehand. That's how I felt reading Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. So I got onto Tumblr and just like, you know, posted this thing. I was like, I have so many feelings and so many thoughts about (laughs) Star Trek DS9. And this, you know, this um, girl found my post and she like reposted it and was like, hey, you know, this person is watching DS9 for the first time. Like, you know, help. let's talk with her about it. Let's talk her through it. Yeah. This is like, so I have a coworker uh-huh. who over, like, quote unquote, winter break, because we get like a week and a half off, she binge watched seasons one through five of Vanderpump Rules <laughs> and oh came in on like January 2nd and was like, I get you. Yeah. Now I, I get you. I understand. <laughs> I cannot believe. And he was lying, lying. the whole season. Yeah. And it was with Kristen. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, I know. Oh my God. Welcome. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> I will say there is one show that I've, I've loved recently um, that I think does for a non-reality TV show, for a show that is fully scripted, does a great job of... Um, developing the cast throughout seasons like throughout the seasons and it's Brooklyn Nine-Nine which is a wonderful Ah. wonderful show it's like the episodes are short it's mainly a comedy um but the relationships in it are so genuine and like 
Um, and it has so many just sort of like subliminal good messages in it. Um, I mean, I love Supernatural, but like Sam and Dean Winchester have very clear codependency issues that they continue to rerun mm-hmm. every single season. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Whereas the characters in Brooklyn Nine-Nine just, you know, even though it's uncommon for drama, they have healthy relationships and healthy problems that they deal with in healthy ways for the most part. So yeah, if you're looking for like a reality non-reality show that's enjoyable and fun, I would go for that. Yeah. That is a good recommendation. One final question. Yes. Speaking of healthy and unhealthy ways to handle things. So I have my own take on this, but want to get your thoughts. Lala, the one who was the singer that we saw in this episode, um, she's very confident, all this stuff, but she has anxiety issues. And she has been trying to reduce her anxiety medication. And part of what she's doing to keep herself calm is she has a bottle every night. She has warm milk, she adds honey, and she may or may not grind up a small amount of clonopin to put in it. (laughs) (laughs) Which is the most brilliant way to consume clonopin that could possibly I mean, exist. Unless you react to dairy like most people. <laughs> um, but um, we were talking about this with, with Parker and I were talking about it. it was like, I can't believe she did that. And this was an episode that everyone was getting drunk and like behaving absolutely, I mean, drinking their problems away. And I was like, this seems to be the most healthy, healthy way, way yeah. to handle this. She's trying to reduce the amount of medicine that she's taking mm-hmm. by keeping herself calm mm-hmm. and having warm milk before bed. Yeah, yeah, it's out of a bottle. It's a little weird. So what? Like, <laughs> Yeah, right? Do what you got to do. I mean, yeah, I think um, there are sort of like societally accepted ways to blow off steam um and alcohol is one of those things that we just kind of like we know how much is too much ish yeah but um i mean and 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 that's why it's so interesting that you know mental health issues have such a stigma because everybody is self-medicating all the time right with food with alcohol with you know like relationships that are bad for them or, or whatever um so yeah that's a little weird but like so what? It's a so totally harmless what? way. Exactly. Personally, I don't think the clonopin will work fine without the milk. Um, but um, if that's like, you know, I, I like having a warm drink before bed too. So, you know. I, I am yeah. with you. I, you know, for me, it's probably just like a hot shower sure. and, you yeah. know, some like lavender essential oils, but whatever, <laughs> you know, a little Vanderpump rules and, sure. you know, yeah. sleep just like a baby. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a clonopin, yeah. maybe not. Depends yeah. on how the day is going. Um, so, did, did Lala have a Reiki master who suggested that she drink her milk from a bottle? No, I don't know where it came from, but she said that it, she was using it as like an anti-anxiety thing, and it's something that like she does before bed, and it like calms her. Yeah. And you know what? Whatever it takes. Yeah. You know, people now are using these uh, weighted blankets. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of those? And I think a part of it, like, and it's the same reason why you put a kid in, I forgot, like, the swaddle. A swaddle. Yeah. It's the same type thing. Like, there's certain things that are innately calming mm-hmm. to someone, and a lot of them go back to your infancy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I haven't heard of weighted blankets, but it makes total sense to me because I sleep so much better in the winter when I can have, like, a oh, whole bunch of blankets yeah. on top. Um, so, yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be here (laughs) and for for walking through the psychology of the various (laughs) Vanderpump Rules characters and relationships with me and hope you'll come back. I would love to. Kathleen, everybody, have a good day. Bye.
So that concludes this week's episode of Is This Real Life? Thank you so much for joining. Please be sure to subscribe on either iTunes or SoundCloud and follow on social media at ITRL underscore podcast. See you next week. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.